Let's turn to um, 2 Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians four. Um, today we're going to continue to talk about the basics of faith, some of the basic principles of faith, and how it operates. Um, last time. We looked at where does faith come from? How do we get faith? How does faith increase? We looked at Romans 12, 3, and we saw that uh, where it says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, and that means every born again man, God has dealt to us the measure of faith, the same quality of faith, the identical faith of, of Peter, of Paul, of Jesus himself, when we're born again, our spirit on the inside our uh, spirit on the inside is uh, receives all the forces of God. So uh, our inner man is identical to Jesus. We saw that the measure of faith needs to grow and be nourished and fed with good, solid spiritual food uh, in order to, to get stronger. If, uh, and this is where, you know, many Christians miss it. Once they're born again, it's just kind of, they think, okay, that's it. You know, I'm going to heaven. And that's, uh, that's kind of the end of it, you know. And, and, but if you don't feed your faith, with strong spiritual food, your faith will just, just get weaker and weaker, just like your body. If you don't uh, eat proper physical food, your body just gets weaker, and it's the same with your spirit. And when our faith grows weaker, uh, problems appear to be bigger and bigger, and they appear to be uh, overwhelming and exaggerated. Uh, and God looks about this tall, you know, but the stronger our faith gets, and becomes, then God looks this big and our problems look like this. Uh, we looked in Romans 10, 17 at what kind of hearing results in believing. Not everything we hear produces faith. Not all words that we hear produce faith. We saw in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema word of Christos. The anointed word that is alive, the, the spoken anointed word that is alive. This is, uh, this is the uh, type of words that produce faith. Uh, we saw that not everything that's preached from the pulpit is necessarily nourishing spiritual food that will feed your faith. Any words that don't produce uh, faith, whether it's from the pulpit, whether it's from family members, doctors, uh, you know, sincere, well-meaning people, uh, we need to reject these. We, need, we don't swallow them, so to speak, in our mind to begin to think about them. We need to reject them and spit them out, just like if we took a bite of spoiled food. We, we wouldn't swallow it. We'd spit it out. 
And we have to do the same thing with words that we hear that don't produce faith because they can actually harm and undermine our faith. We looked at Hebrews 5.14 uh, that says we can train by practice and by exercise, we can train our uh, spiritual senses to discern between what's um, nourishing spiritual food and what's junk food and what we need to swallow and what we need to spit out. We can train our, our um, spiritual senses to uh, discern these. So let's say this together. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Uh, okay, so we're in 2 Corinthians. We're in 2 Corinthians. Um, Four. So we're in uh, we're in let's start with thirteen. Second Corinthians four thirteen. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Now, the word spirit here, where it says, we having the same spirit of faith. This word spirit is, is um, like when we use the term team spirit or school spirit. Uh, do you understand what I mean by that? <laughs> team spirit or school spirit? Uh, because, you know, when I played basketball, we would have rivals and, and, you know, teams that we played. And when we had a really big, important game, uh, the last hour of the school day, they would, they would let it, all the students out, and, and we all went to the gym, and we had what was called a pep rally. Do you know what that is? A pep rally. Okay, well, we can work it out. yeah, all, you know, all the students and all the cheerleaders and they're all you know it's uh, pepping everybody up for the big game you know we're gonna win we're gonna crush them you know even if you're the underdogs you know uh they're they're getting everybody stirred up you know uh for this big game and everybody's going to turn out and cheer everybody on well that's what they call a pep rally and it that's like uh it's the school spirit it's the team spirit we can do this you know we, we can win type thing. And that's what this spirit of faith is kind of describing. It's, it's an attitude of victory. It's an attitude of victory, which is the opposite of defeat. So let's say this together. The spirit of faith, the spirit of faith. is the spirit of victory. The spirit of victory. When, when you're in faith and you say something in faith, there's a ring of victory to it. Faith has a ring of victory to it. And this is the spirit of faith. It's no wavering, no hesitating. Uh, no kind of questioning or, or doubting. You know, well, you really think we're going to win tonight. You know, no. No. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Amen. So he's going to go on here to tell us what the spirit of faith sounds like, looks like, and how it acts. 
Now we saw in Romans 10, we saw that faith comes by hearing and believing the anointed word of Christ. Uh, we saw that hearing and believing are connected. You have to hear before you can believe. And he went on there to say, how can they hear without a preacher? So he's talking about the preached word. Faith comes by hearing the preached, anointed word. So hearing and believing are connected. This is how we got born again. This is how faith comes to you and it can be increased. Now, faith has to be released and it has to be expressed in order to be effective. It's not enough just to believe in our heart. Okay, that's good. That's good. We, we got to believe in our heart and faith, uh, faith comes by hearing and believing, but it's not enough just to believe only. We also have to speak. Uh, James 2.26 says, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. So it's, it's good to believe in your heart, but uh, we also have to release our faith and express it. And the primary way that we release faith and express it is through words, is through speaking. There are other ways you can act on your faith, but, but the primary way that we act on our faith and release it is through words, by speaking. So faith that does nothing is dead. Now, uh, verse 13, underlying the words faith, believe, and speak. When we believe it, we're going to speak it in faith. This is how we, one of the primary ways that we release faith or we express faith. Believe and speak, believe and speak. Faith is not just believing, it's believing and speaking. So that's what he's, he's uh, saying here in verse 13. So hold your place there in uh, 2 Corinthians 4. And let's turn back to Romans 10, just for a moment. <clears throat> Romans 10, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. So you'll notice the word here, faith and speaking again. The righteousness which of faith speaks on this wise. Faith speaks. So faith doesn't just believe in your heart. It also speaks. And then in verse 6 and 7, he goes on to tell us what faith does not say. Faith would not say this. And then in verse 8, but what does faith say? What does faith say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So this verse tells us faith must be in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. Okay? Even in your mouth and then in your heart. First it's in your mouth and then it gets down in your heart. And when you say it long enough, 
It will get down in your heart, and then you start believing. And then when you say it in faith, it is going to come to pass. There's no wavering. There's no question. Uh, you're, you're saying it with conviction. You believe it. This is when your words become powerful and creative. This is when uh, you know this is going to come to pass. So faith must be in two places, in your mouth and in your heart, not just believing. So this is where many Christians have not made the connection with the speaking part. They say, I believe, you know, I believe in my heart, and that's good. But they haven't made the connection that they have to release this faith. If, if you believe it in your heart, you've got to release it. If you really believe it, you're going to speak it. You're going to release it and say it. But, and many Christians think, well, I, I can just believe in my heart quietly, and, you know, that, that's okay. But no, faith has to be released in order to change things. And that's what we want to do. We want to change these circumstances. And just believing in your heart's not enough. You got, you got to say it. It's the speaking that, that changes things. And that's what we're going to get into here to, to see in a bit more depth. Faith must be in two places. Verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So it says, confess with, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So, yes, we believe in our heart, but we also have to confess with our mouth. This is how we got saved. We couldn't get, we couldn't get born again without believing and speaking. This is the basic process how we get saved, and this is a process how faith works on everything. And this is where, you know, Many Christians don't see, they, they kind of understand that this is how they got born again, but then they think, eh, there's nothing I can do about anything else, you know. Um, they, they don't understand that this same process works with everything. It's not just getting born again. This is the way we became a new creation in Christ, and it's the way uh, God recreated our spirit, and it's the way that he's given us to change and to, to recreate our circumstances around us by believing and speaking. So in verse 10, where we are, verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You notice in all these verses we see believe, mouth, confess, faith, all these words uh, make note of all these words in these verses. They're all connected. Now, occasionally, you'll hear someone who's heard just enough teaching on faith that they know the right words to say. You know, they've, they've kind of got the jargon down, and they, they know what they should be saying, and they will um, they'll, they'll attempt to make a, a faith statement, but there's a, a question mark in the tone of their voice. When, when you hear them speak, there's kind of a question mark there. There's hesitation. They're not really sure. They're, they're kind of hoping, you know. But they, they're saying the right words, 
But you can tell in their voice there's no conviction there. Uh, and I'm not criticizing. That, that's a good start. Uh, they just need to continue, just continue putting the word in till they get convicted. If they continue to put that word in their heart and speak it out of their mouth, they'll, they'll get assured. They'll get convicted. They'll become fully persuaded uh, about what they're saying. And there won't be this kind of question mark and hesitation in their kind of so-called faith statement. Uh, in the previous session, we talked about faith is assurance. It's conviction. It's confidence and persuasion. So, so uh, we just need, if we're not fully convinced yet, it's okay, just continue to put that word in till it gets down in your heart and, and you become fully convinced. And then when you say something in faith, it is going to come to pass. Amen. So when you have the spirit of faith, you have this ring of victory uh, in your words. Let's say this again. The spirit of faith, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. So God has put his, his very own faith literally inside these words. They're literally in there. And this is why when we get them down in our heart and speak them out of our mouth, it'll, it'll do the same thing it did when Jesus said it. It's got the very same faith of God in there. It'll produce today just like it always has. But it's just a matter of kind of knowing how this works. So this is, God, God's faith is in his words. That's why faith comes by hearing this, the anointed word, the written word, and the spoken word. So when we release God's words and our words, we are releasing Creative power, the creative power of God is released through our words that are spoken in faith because they're coming out of our heart. They're coming out of our spirit. Now let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians there, verse 4. And uh, I mean chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now you remember um, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we looked at a few weeks ago, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we said that faith involves things not seen and things not yet. So here he talks about uh, he talks about things that are seen and things that are not seen. So we said faith uh, involves things not seen and things not yet which means the things that we're hoping for. So when we speak words of faith, we're speaking to things that are not seen. We're speaking to things that are not seen and not yet. And that's why people look at us like we're off the wall because they don't understand this principle. They don't understand how this works. They don't understand how faith works and how God's created power works and how it's released to bring change and bring 
uh, change in the scene realm. That's what we want to do. We want to change the scene. We want to change the scene. And many Christians say, you can't change the scene. You just got to accept it, you know. But they don't know how this works. But we're going to know, amen? We're going to know, amen. So, uh, verse 18 here says, the things that are seen are temporary, or temporal. The King James says temporal, but it's temporary. And they're subject to change. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. And what do you hear people say today? You can't do anything about the weather. Oh, yes, you can. If you know the word of God and how faith works, you can do something about the weather. Amen. Now, you may not can do anything about the weather. I did. I I was going to a a convention down in Porchester and the weather changed and it started to rain and the wind was blowing really strong and I told it, I told the wind to blow the clouds out to sea. We've had enough rain here. Yep. But the thing was, after I said that, it blew down my pastor's Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it blew it in the wrong direction. <laughs> but see, you could do that because you knew what to do and you had authority there because you lived there. Now, we don't have authority in another town. Uh, we don't have authority maybe over the weather in northern England, but we got authority here because we live here. So, uh, uh, I, do you know Billy Brim? You know yeah, the yeah. song? Okay. Um, one of her sons lives in Oklahoma, and they're very susceptible to tornadoes there. And they had a, a tornado or a very, you know, huge storm come through there. And it was so strong, he was out on the porch, and he was holding on to the column of the porch. The wind was so strong. And he pointed up to the sky and he said, Devil, you're not taking one shingle off this house. And he's holding on to the column. It was, the wind was so bad. He said, Devil, you're not taking one shingle off this house. And when it was over with, every house in that neighborhood had some level of tornado damage except his. Now, What's the difference? God is no respecter of person. Why did that happen? Because he knew what to do and he did it. And nobody else there knew what to do. Or they did know what to do and they just didn't do it. But we can do something about the weather. Amen? Praise God. No, Jesus spoke to a tree. Jesus spoke to fevers. Can a tree hear you? Can a fever hear you? Obviously they can. When Jesus spoke to the tree, it withered up, just like he commanded it to. When he rebuked the fever from uh, Peter's mother-in-law, it left. Obviously fevers can hear you. So can heart problems hear you? Can I tell you something that happened for the better? I 
bought myself a Cedrus Deodora tree and it was beautiful. I put it, well, what, what I imagined it to grow to would be beautiful. Yeah. And um, I planted it and then I kept going out and looking at it and it was, oh, no, Drooping. I said to it, you shape up or you're out next week. <laughs> <laughs> and blow me, that tree, it blossomed. It turned really beautiful because the Cedrus Theodora spreads out and I put it in the centre of my lawn. It took off. out its branches and then the top bit goes over like that and it's really pretty. And this, this thing, it turned out beautiful because I told it so. Yeah, yes. amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God, I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. They can hear you. Amen. The tree withered up just like Jesus commanded it to. When he spoke to the wind and the waves, it stopped. It stopped just like he commanded it to. Can, so can heart problems hear you? Can arthritis hear you? Can infections and inflammation hear you? Yes. Can chromosomes hear you? Yes. yes. Amen. Why do you think we're speaking? We're, this is why we're speaking. We're releasing our faith. Chromosomes can hear you. Amen. Praise God. Now, you'll hear many Christians say, yeah, but that was Jesus. <laughs> that was Jesus. That's, you know, he could do that. But we see in Romans 12, 3, 1 John 4, 17, 2 Peter 1, verse 1, we have the same quality of faith. Amen. Jesus had, Peter had, Paul had. Our born-again spirit is identical to Jesus. We receive the very same faith that Jesus has. Peter had, Paul had. So Jesus, this is what many Christians don't understand. Jesus did not do these things using his divine abilities. He, laid, he left his, all of his divine abilities in heaven. He came here as a man, the son of man. Philippians 2, 7 says he gave up his divine privileges and he came here in human form. This is why he had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If he had been doing all these things with his God powers, he wouldn't have had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There would have been no reason for him to have had to receive this infilling of the Holy Spirit. If he's doing all this as God, he was doing it as God. He wouldn't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I never thought of that. Oh. Yeah. So, so uh, if he was doing it as God, he would have been healing people and doing miracles when he was five years old. He, he, he did none of this till he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's when we begin to see miracles in his life. So this is what people don't understand. In Mark 4, where he spoke to the wind and the waves, we see he fully expected his disciples to do the same thing. That's why he said, why are you so, uh, where is your faith? Why are you so fearful? Why did you come wake me up? He fully expected them to take care of that storm. He expected them to speak to it. 
And like, why did you wake me up? You, you can handle this, you know. In Mark 11, where he spoke to the fig tree, Jesus demonstrated to them that they could do the same thing. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever. The NIV says anyone, if anyone says to this mountain. That, so that's, that's, he fully expects us to do this. He fully expects us to. So you're an anyone, I'm an anyone. Jesus never, ever said, I can do this because I'm the son of God. You don't try it. No, he never said that. It's obvious he fully expected. He, he gave all these demonstrations and object lessons to his disciples for the very purpose of showing them that you can do the very same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. The same anointing. Uh, Jesus, in John 14, 12, he said, He that believes on me, the works shall he do. Uh, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus was saying, the same anointing that's on me, I'm leaving with you. It's on you. You're, you're going to do the same works I did, and even greater works. Amen? So that's what we're believing for now. I mean, I, I, want to see the, I want us doing the works, but we're shooting for the greater works. Amen? That's, that's our ultimate goal. Amen. But right now, let's just do the works of Jesus. Amen. Yet, in spite of this, we have entire denominations of Christians that dismiss this and ignore it. Totally ignore it. Jesus is calling on us to operate and function the same way that he did. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm. So walking by faith means we're speaking to things that are not seen. When we're walking by faith, we're speaking to things that are not seen. And by speaking to things that are not seen, we're changing what is seen. Amen? Yes. Walking by sight, when you walk by sight, you're talking about things that are seen. You're looking at what's seen and you're talking about things that you see. You're talking about something that's already here. It's already happened. This is walking by sight. And when you do that, when you're, when you're just talking about what's seen and what is and what I've got, you're doing nothing to change it. And what we want to do, we want to change it. Amen. Uh, for example, Joel 3.10, let the weak say I am strong. It doesn't just say let the weak believe I'm strong. Now that's good. But, but let the weak say I'm strong. It doesn't say, let the weak deny that I'm weak. <laughs> That's not what it says. Um, you don't change what's seen by denying what's seen. Yes, amen. You change what's seen by calling for what is not seen. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing. Praise God. Nobody gets... He uh, healed by denying that they're sick. And some people confuse this. They, they hear a little bit of faith teaching and, and they don't understand that you call for what's not seen and they think, 
well, if I just deny I'm not sick, then it'll go away. You know, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. The Bible doesn't teach this. The Bible doesn't teach this. The sick call themselves healed. Amen. Amen? Amen. The sick call themselves healed. The weak call themselves strong. This is walking by faith. This is doing something to change the scene. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So faith doesn't deny what you have. It calls for what you do not have. So we're imitating God. This is the way God created the, the universe. When Over in Genesis, it talks about how dark and the void the, you know, it was. Um, when it was dark, God called for light. Amen. He called for what he could yes. not see. Yes. Amen? He didn't talk about how dark it was. He, he, he called for the, for the light. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there are Christians wishing they were healed and wishing they had more money and wishing that they had a better job and wishing their kids were saved and all this. And they're doing nothing to change it. They're doing nothing to change it. they got to call themselves healed. they got to call their kids saved. they got to call in a better job. they got to call in more money. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. This, this is what they got to do. God called Abram, Abraham, the father of a multitude, when he still had no kids. He did the same to Sarah. He changed her name, and every time they heard their name, they heard father of nations and mother of nations. And, and faith comes by hearing. So they begin to hear father of nations, mother of nations, and faith began to grow on them. And they began to speak and release their faith. Uh, and it literally changed their physical bodies. It literally changed this, their physical bodies. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the way God has always operated in function. And he's ordained that we follow him and operate the same way in life. Now let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we look not at the things which are seen. Now this, these words here, look while we look not. These words do not mean ignore. Okay? It doesn't mean while we ignore things that are seen. It means we don't keep looking at it. We don't focus on it. We don't fixate on it. We understand there's a whole unseen realm out here that will change the scene. So if all we look at and all we talk about are the things that are seen and what we feel and what we hear, we're not doing anything to change the situation. We're just rehearsing what we already have. We're just rehearsing what already exists. And we want to change what exists. We want to change what we have. If part of your body's in pain, abnormal and abnormal, speak to it. I call you healed. I call you normal. I call you pain-free. Amen. I call you healed. Uh, in Genesis 2-7, God formed Adam from the dust of the earth. And it says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now this word soul in the Hebrew means a living being. 
it describes the whole, the person is a whole unit, a living creation. And one of the ancient Hebrew scholars says, uh, he defines this living being as a speaking spirit. God created man a speaking spirit. And this is why he gave Adam dominion, was he was to speak, take dominion by speaking to things, calling for what was not seen. And, and the, wow. uh, it, when, when anything got out of order, of course there was nothing out of order until they sinned, but, but uh, if anything, they were, they were to use their words to create and to change and to expand the Garden of Eden, and, and, if, and they had been given dominion. If anything got out of line, speak to it, put it back in line, amen? amen? So this power, this speaking spirit, includes the power of intelligent speech, and this is what gives us, this is what elevates us above animals. We have the power of intelligent speech. We have the power to choose and speak words. And animals cannot do that. We can choose and speak words that will change and create. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, God is a spirit. Now, we're not God, but we are spirits created in his image. Genesis 1.26. And that word image in the Hebrew means to cut out. Like a mold or a template. We are created in God's mold. We're not God, but he created us to be able to function and operate like him, a speaking spirit. Amen. You don't hear this in church. Most churches do you? <laughs> Praise God. We're, we're, we're uh, hallelujah for the word. But there is an unseen realm. There's an unseen realm, and everything we see came from the unseen. And, and, and this, this is why the seen will respond. When we, when we speak to the unseen, the seen will respond, because all this came from something you cannot see. Hallelujah. We have record in Joshua chapter 10. We're not going to turn there. But Israel was fighting the Amorites, some of their enemies, and you've probably heard that story, uh, and you can go back and look at it. But, um, you know, they were fighting this battle, and uh, they needed to finish them off. You know, <laughs> this, thing, this battle had been going on long enough, and they were kind of running out of daylight, and they wanted to finish off the enemy. And you remember what happened. Joshua spoke to the sun and said, Son, stand still, moon be stayed. And it says the sun stood still for almost a day, almost 24 hours. That sun did not move. And they, it gave them all the daylight they needed to win the rest of that battle. Now this was a man under the old covenant this was a man of the old covenant who spoke to the sun and it stopped. Hallelujah. Now don't tell me we can't change some things. Amen? Amen. As new covenant believers, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. 
They gained approximately an entire 24-hour period of daylight in order to finish off that battle. Hallelujah. Now, uh, back to 13. We having the same spirit of faith, uh, if, you, if you back up there to uh, verse 8, uh, he begins to... to uh, Leading up to this verse 13, he begins to show us what faith looks like and sounds like. He says, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Notice all these but. <laughs> we got trouble, but. We're, we're persecuted, but. You know. Uh, not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not distressed. So, so uh, he's, again, he's not denying the scene. He's not denying they got trouble or they got problems. He's not denying the circumstances. He's not denying that they're persecuted, but we're not in despair. We're not perplexed. We're not forsaken. So you can hear the spirit of faith in this, the, the ring of victory, he, he's, he's, called, he's, he's not denying what they have, but he's not focusing. He's not focusing on the persecution. He's not focusing on the trouble. He's calling for, for what he doesn't have. We, we, we're not, uh, we're, we are troubled, but we're not distressed. And you can hear the spirit of victory, the spirit of faith in this. And this, then he goes on down into verse 18 and says, We having the same spirit of faith as is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. Well, that's exactly what he's doing up there in verse 8 and 9. He's showing us what the spirit of faith sounds like. We, also, we, we have the, the same spirit of faith as Abraham, Isaac, all those patriarchs, all those heroes of faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. We have the same spirit of faith. Amen. We have the same spirit of faith. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Peter, Je Jesus, Paul. We have the same spirit of faith that they do. Not a different kind of faith and not a, a different spirit. We got the same spirit of faith. Amen. I, I, I mentioned earlier the spirit of faith is like the team spirit. Let's say it again. The spirit of faith. Spirit is the spirit of victory. Amen. And this is why it's important that we come to meetings like this and that we're in an atmosphere of faith and we hang around other people who have the spirit of faith. Amen. Yes. So it rubs off on us. If we come in one day and we're a bit down or something, we rub up against uh, people with the spirit of faith and it, they, we get back up. Amen. And, and on the other hand, you need to be here because somebody else might come in who's a bit down and they rub up against you and now you, they've got some spirit of faith on them. Amen? Mm -hmm. So this is why uh, it's important that, that we come together, hallelujah, and that we, we get around and we stay around people with the spirit of faith so that we catch it. If, if we're down one day, we catch the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. If, but on the other hand, if we hang around people that are just depressed and complaining all the time and, or they got the spirit of poverty or fear or something on them, that, you know, you catch yourself beginning to be influenced 
in, in that way. And so that's why we got to, you know, we got to be, be aware of this and say, uh -uh, I'm not going down that path. And we need to hang, hang around uh, people with the spirit of faith so that, so that uh, we maintain it. We maintain it. Uh, Hebrews 3.1 says, Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He's the apostle and high priest of what we say. When we say, when we, when we say and speak according to the word. He's the high priest and apostle of our confession. He backs it up. He sees to it that it comes to pass. Now, if we're speaking junk, he's not the apostle and high priest of that. If we're speaking unbelief or fear or something, but if we're speaking in line with the word, this tells us Jesus is appointed as the apostle and high priest of our confession. He will back it up and empower it from heaven because there's, there's a heaven and earth connection. Uh, and we might talk about that later uh, some other time. But we don't wait till we're healed to say we're healed. We don't wait till we feel blessed to say we're blessed. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13, here, this is the King James Version. The easy-to-read version says, The scriptures say, I believed, so I spoke. Our faith is like that, too. We believe, and so we speak. Did I put that one up there? Yeah, I did. The scriptures say, I believed, so I spoke. Our faith is like that, too. We believe, and so we speak. So let's say that together. My faith is like that, too. I believe, so I speak. I'm getting the same results. I call my body healed. I call my finances blessed. I call my mind sound. I call my life victorious. Amen. Amen.